Hey, agency owners, it's time for a new episode of The Agency Blueprint, the number one podcast for agency owners looking to discover strategies for scaling an agency to seven figures and beyond, while reducing stress and getting your personal life back. I'm your host, Robert Patton, international bestselling author, agency scale partner, and founder of Creative Agency Success. If you enjoy our podcast, please do me a favor and hit that subscribe button to make sure you never miss an episode and help keep this show at the top of the charts so it can be found by more agency owners like you. And now for the show. Hey, agency owners, we have an awesome guest on the show today. Her name is Jody Sutter. Jody is the owner of The Sutter Company, a new business consultancy that advises small agencies on organizing and operationalizing their growth strategy. She started The Sutter Company after more than two decades of running business development teams for agencies, large and small, and spanning a diverse list of disciplines. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jody. Thank you very much for having me. It's really great to be here. It's been so great getting to know you recently and having lots of conversations around sales and the challenges that agencies often see. And the core of sales is the buyer's journey, really, right? And I was wanting to sort of map out what the experience for a prospect really should look like and the importance of understanding what that journey should be. What are your thoughts on that? And what would you suggest for agencies when thinking about mapping out their buyer's journey? Yeah, so I think that probably the big point for me is that most agency owners, most agency leaders who are responsible for the pitch process or the selling process often overlook that there even is a buyer's journey and they overlook that they have a certain amount of control. So for me, it's about control versus luck. And I compare, you know, I think about the buyer's journey as a dance between two partners. But I think in general, agencies are too willing to relinquish that control to the clients. Once they can understand and embrace the buyer's journey, then they can start to insert themselves in meaningful ways that allow them to become more of that that dance partner and less a an order taker for sure. There's definitely that sort of feast or famine type mentality that I see all the time where they feel like they have to acquiesce to the prospect because they're desperate to make the sale, which then in a lot of instances in my experience actually causes them to lose it because of that feeling. And is that a similar experience that you see with agencies that they feel that sort of feast or famine and that they have to give that control over? And is that why you think that that control dynamic happens? Yeah, I think there are a few reasons. And for me, I think a lot of it has to, if I had to narrow it down to one key one, it's be, I think it's because agencies, at least a lot of the agencies that I work with, which are smaller, but they also come from kind of this legacy of people pleasing, client is always right. So I'm even, I'm working with a digital agency right now and I love them, but they drive me nuts. And we had a situation recently where my client came back and said, well, our client said, oh gosh, I can't, I'm trying to remember the specifics, but it's, it's variations of the theme. Like, well, they said they just want us to submit a proposal or they said that the key decision maker is not going to be in the meeting, but we should have the meeting anyway. And I'm always getting them to, to push back and say like, well, how is that going to benefit you as the agency? Not only that, how is that going to really benefit the client. And yeah, if the key decision maker isn't in the meeting, how is it going to help the client purchase your services or, or get a good sense of why they want to work with you? And so I think for this particular client, I think it's been kind of a revelation that they can even do that, that that's even allowed, that's even an option for them. And they often feel uncomfortable doing it. But most recently, they were working with a big nonprofit. And that was a situation where the key decision maker wasn't going to be in the meeting. So let's have the meeting anyway. And I really pushed my clients to cancel the meeting 
and give them, be diplomatic and gracious about it, but tell them that it's really important to have, for them to be there and to reschedule. And you know what? The client rescheduled. I mean, the thing that I think that you hit so many really important topics there, but that having the key decision makers on the call is so incredibly important. And you're 100% right. I see agencies consistently really afraid of pushing back. And there's so much that they should be doing and actually elevating their expertise because they have so much knowledge and so much benefit to give to even just the prospects, even if they don't actually end up working with them, but just actually recognizing the knowledge that they have and that the benefit that they can actually be providing and having it be in a curated setup process that allows for them to do what is best in the best interest of both parties and sending proposals. I mean, how often does that actually result in a sale? Not having the decision makers, how often does that result in a sale? So going through the process to vastly reduce the likelihood, I just personally don't see the point. Yeah, it kills me when I also talk to agencies and they said, and they'll tell me, yeah, the client asked me to just send them a proposal. So I did. Well, like, like, what were they looking for? What was like, did you have a conversation with them? Did you really understand what their pain points were and how to address them and what the timeline is? And oh, so yeah. But you know what? I think between you and me, we're, we're changing that. Maybe not one agency at a time, but several agencies at a time. You know, the other thing I also find is that especially towards the end of the, of the buying process of the buying buyer's journey, when the agency is, is particularly keen to close the deal, one of the things they forget is that at this point, the client is as invested or almost as invested as the agency is. So now the client has gone through this process. They've probably eliminated all of the other options if they're down to the final negotiation. And so for that client to have to start again is going to be a real pain in the neck. But agencies forget that. They're just like, no, 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 we got to get over the finish line. We got to get over the finish line. And that, again, this is where the dance becomes really important because if you know that the client has as much in invested that it gives you a lot more control, a lot more power to dictate your terms. I don't know if I love the word dictate, but you know, <laughs> need to be like a, a co-creator in this buying process. It should be an audition on both ends, right? You're making sure that they're an ideal client and needs to work for your agency as well. And it allows for you to set the tone of the way that the relationship is going to be ongoing. And if you set off the tone in the wrong way in the sales conversation and you relinquish all control, then you're not going to have a respectful partnership type dynamic that you're actually looking for. We've hit a couple sort of mistakes that we tend to see in sales conversations. Are there anything else that you would point out that you see happen all the time in agency sales that wow. you think are important to highlight? Where do I start? <laughs> well, I don't even say it that way because I think, you know, I, I love my agency clients. I love the agency world. I, you know, maybe thinking about the early, like the early sales call. So that initial meeting, some of the issues that I see there are, is it, are the tendency for agencies to sort of overload information, to want to contribute their information and not get, get enough from the client, to make it all about the agency. The other thing too, that I work a lot with my, with my clients on is to help them create messages that are a little bit more tangible and less abstract. So what agencies will do, not only will they make it all about them or do they tend to make it all about them, but they make it very intangible with you know qualifiers, descriptors, like the fact that they are tenacious or one of the phrases I love to hate, fiercely independent. If I learn of one more fiercely independent agency, a lot of, there are a lot of them out there. And the thing is that the hour, when we hear those words, we don't understand what, we don't really understand what it means. It's really hard to, it's way too subjective, way too interpretive. And so I think what happens to the clients, it just, it, it, it sends up signals that this agency maybe isn't serious. 
and that they're probably wasting their time because they're going to get off the, the phone or the Zoom call or out of the meeting, not really understanding what the agency can do for them. So that's probably the biggest mistake that I see. Yeah, what about you? I 100% agree. I mean, I want to say that nine out of 10 times that I look at a capability stack, it's, you know, 30, 40, sometimes 50, even yeah. more pages. And I'm like, how you're going to put your prospect to sleep? There's no way that you're going to have them engaged while you go through this really long presentation. Yeah. Have a conversation, get to know them a bit, make sure that you're having, you're creating a connection. There's so much importance in trust and relationship that you're building throughout this. Essentially, a courtship is what you're doing, right? It's like dating. You need to get to know them, ask them questions. Yeah. And whenever I'm going through talking with an agency about how they should be adjusting their sales processes, if you're speaking any more than 20% of the time, you're probably doing it wrong and you need to be asking them more questions. That's a great point. And, you know, I think there are guidelines around those questions. Like one of them, I think everyone knows, is BANT, the budget authority needs timeline. And I was thinking about this the other day and how important, yeah, it's really important to get answers to the questions around budget authority needs timeline. And if you're not, if you're not sophisticated, if you don't yet have a sophisticated questioning strategy, then start with BANT, start with exploring how to find out that information. But really, a good questioning strategy goes beyond that. And one question opens the door to information, which leads to another question, which opens the door wider or opens a different door. And I, this is going a little, maybe veering off a little bit, but I always, again, tell my clients, like, if you have the opportunity to talk to your client, your prospect, talk to them. And sometimes they'll get pushback. Well, what am I going to say? And what am I going to learn? Like, you know what? I can't tell what you're going to tell you what you're going to learn. But if you actually have a conversation with them, you will learn something. And the more intelligence you have, just like Gordon Gecko said, information is power, power is information. I've totally missed up that quote. But yeah, the more you know, the more you can create a strategy that'll lead you towards winning the business. I think that there's so much fear. You, you mentioned asking about budget. There's so much fear that agencies have around asking that question. And if you're an agency listening right now that has that same fear and don't feel comfortable asking the question, I have two pieces of advice, but you do need to be asking the question is one, start the conversation with letting them know that the goal of the conversation is to get into details about their business today and ask them for buy-in and approval to ask them questions. And then don't start off with the big question of what is the budget, but start slower and actually create a little bit more intimacy over time with them and then move into that conversation and have the process by which you actually have that conversation curated, not so that it's a dogmatic script, but so that you're allowing yourself to have a framework by which to actually go about asking the questions, what types of questions and when do you ask them so that it's kind of like a story arc, an emotional journey that you take the prospect yeah, on. Yeah, the buyer's journey is a lot like a, like a, like a story arc. I totally agree there. And, you know, I think it's interesting, the budget too, and I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on this. I don't necessarily recommend that agencies spend more time than they should educating the client around the budget. But I do think that sometimes agencies unnecessarily get themselves into a stuck position because they feel like they have their, that the client is obligated to give them a budget. And so, yes, I do believe the client has a certain responsibility to provide a budget, but I often try to take the client's point of view. And especially if you're a smaller agency and you're dealing with less sophisticated marketers, like if you're dealing with the Tide brand at P&G and they don't give you a budget, shame on them. They should know what their marketing budget is. But if you're dealing with a smaller, I don't know, regional credit union, and this is the first time that they're going to, maybe they, they want to 
they've got a new marketing goal and they be, they they honestly not know how much they need to spend. And so I do think there's an opportunity for agencies to help educate them, make them feel comfortable, build a trust. It's something I think that you and I have spoken before. I know that you're a big believer in that sort of the creating packages that are repeatable and that are easy for the clients to understand and sort of get them from point A to point B, maybe not to point Z. And I think that's a really great idea too. 100% in the, in the packages and also just having a very clear understanding of how you're actually going to go about having that conversation very clearly. One of the things that really happens quite a lot in in sales is that it feels very chaotic for a lot of agencies. Yeah. And I know that you and I have spoken about the way that it feels very chaotic. Can you maybe share a little bit about your thoughts on that sort of chaos yeah. sort of theory when it comes to sales and how that how they experience yeah. that? Well, these and I think the chaos is I think the chaos can result from certain things. So it sort of, sort of depends on the source of the chaos, <clears throat> where I find the a lot of times the source of the chaos will be they are they find themselves. Well, I suppose they're lucky that in some cases they're so busy pitching everything that they they're not thinking about their strategy. They're not thinking about that overarching strategy. They don't have a good sense of their ideal client. They don't have a set of criteria that they're reviewing first that will allow them more easily to understand, yeah, we're going to pitch this or no, we're not. So I think for many of my clients, the chaos comes from pitching too much, not making strategic decisions, and also not having that internal process. So you're putting, you're just throwing all your resources at every single pitch. And the other chaos, it's sort of like that quiet, unknown chaos. When you put yourself out there and you don't have that strategy, you don't have that that buyer's journey mapped out, you're not certain how to be that 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 collaborative dance partner. And then it's sort of that that feeling of silence on the client end. And so maybe it's not a chaos of busyness, but it's the sort of sense of like a this turmoil of what do I do? What do I do? How do I follow up? How do I re-engage this client? And I think that can be almost as chaotic. I mean, there's two things and sort of even going back to the prior conversation that you're talking about and giving a framework on even how to look at budget. And you're talking about throwing every aspect of the resources that the agency has to try to make sure that they're getting that sale and doing extra work and even a lot of times doing work on spec yeah. and spending so much time. I mean, there was an, an agency client I was working with fairly recently that would spend sometimes fifty, sixty thousand dollars worth of agency resources to do work on spec right. for a hundred thousand dollar, a hundred and fifty thousand dollar project. And it's like, why are you going about that for that that type of that type of project? Do you think that it's going to turn into this larger relationship? And the the concern that they're having is we have to get the work done. It has to be done within a specific frame of budget. And I mean, more often than not, as you're pointing out in the example of the credit union, they they likely do not have that framework to even how to think about it. And if you give them and are able to extract from them what the goals are that they're looking to have, uh, that dream outcome that they're looking to accomplish from that new initiative that they're putting into place, you're able to remove that chaotic feeling that you have within yourself. Because I think a lot of it is about confidence, right? Yeah. The amount of confidence you have in yourself really can make you sort of do this word vomit that I see happen whenever I'm watching sales videos <laughs> recordings. It's like, there's just like, you're just speaking so, so much that you don't really, it's not concise. It's not clear. It's not well thought out. And it's because of that confidence level that you have in yourself. You're right. And you know, the spec work, I think agencies have gotten a lot better. Um, so, you know, 20 years ago, it was spec work was the norm. Now I think it's, I, I actually find it 
less, for me, it's actually quite rare to, to see an agency who's sort of committed to doing spec work. And spec work is so hard. What I, my whole point is that it's, well, a couple of things. One is very subjective. So you can have a fantastic strategy and insights and really interesting initial ideas to discuss with that client as you're bringing them through the buyer's journey and potentially torpedo it with spec work that is based on a color palette of yellow and purple. And it just so happens that the client CEO hates purple. So there goes that. But I also think that, you know, a pitch, especially, especially the more formal ones, it's about like, <laughs> it's about reducing risk for the client. And clients don't have a great, don't have great methods for reducing the risk. So spec work appears to be a good method because they get to see what they're going to buy before they buy it. But as we know, it's also imperfect because they're not really seeing what they're going to buy. They're not really seeing creative that is based off of a strategy. So I would say instead, think about agencies can, I think, feel really exposed. But I said, instead of doing spec work, just do some really good thinking about how you might approach the project and also maybe tie that to your process. Agencies hate talking about their process because they think it sounds like everyone else's and it kind of does. But a process also reduces the risk, right? So when a client knows that this mysterious thing that's about to happen, this mysterious creative alchemy actually has some steps. First, we're going to do this. We're going to get you involved. Then we're going to do this and you're going to be involved and you're going to improve. And then we're going to do this. I think they can be a lot more comfortable, again, especially for smaller marketers. Yeah. The risk component is so incredibly important. I mean, ultimately, that is the primary barrier that someone has and actually working with an agency and how you actually are able to communicate how you're going to reduce that risk in your process is so incredibly important. I was actually speaking with an agency yesterday that was doing spec work, and they were saying that they have a lot of issue with people actually wanting them to come with ideation and storyboarding and everything that they're actually going to be working on. Yeah. And what I suggested to them, and I, I agree that I'm seeing it happen less and less, there's still sort of the old style traditional agency model that that I do see for older agencies still from time to time. But it also does happen quite a lot in production. And one of the ways that you're able to combat spec yeah. work is, you know, you have an agency that's going to dedicate so much work, billable work to producing that work for you and coming up with concepting that is not going to be based on strategy. They're not going to have the information they need about your brand to make sure that it's actually going to work really well. Yeah. And then quite frankly, they're going to be committed to that creative that they've put together because they've put a lot of billable time into it. And they're going to try to sell that to you now and in the future. And you may be even committed to that concepting or that idea when it really wasn't well vetted. And you really should in any agency that is going to be doing that spec work is going to have that motivation. And that motivation is not going to be aligned with your brand's end goal and results. So it actually you're not only changing the way that they look at spec work, but you're also changing the dynamic and the risk level and also isolating your agency above the others as well by communicating with them that way yeah, as well. Making it a, a real business issue. Absolutely. I, yeah, I totally agree. I, I think it's unfortunately, unfortunate there are also, I think there's sectors like one of my clients does a lot of work in higher ed and they, yeah, for whatever reason, I think people are still really willing to the agencies that are competing in that area are willing to show spec. So I would fight against spec work all the time. Again, less than I used to, but I also feel like what 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 still can happen is I will still get an agency saying, yeah, but you know what? Our competitor showed spec work and they really liked it and they got the business. Yeah, that kills me. But the other thing I could do, going back to the questioning strategy, the other thing I'll say about this too is that if you step into this role with greater confidence and you're asked to do spec work, 
I think the first follow-up, the first next step is to ask why spec work is important and push the client to articulate that. You know, practice your five whys technique. You know, keep asking why, why, why until you can actually get to that issue. And usually the issue is like, well, we're 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 like, yeah, we're, we think this is really going to be risky. We're not really sure what we're buying. All right, then. Well, what can I do to help you understand what you're buying? You can address the root problem. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think getting to the root why is so incredibly important. I would just like to hear maybe what your advice would be. So let's say that an agency BD rep or the agency owner, for a lot of small agencies, it's the agency owner. If they're in that place of of chaos feeling when it comes to sales and they're not really feeling confident, what is something that you would give them as a piece of advice to help alleviate that in the immediate and how to even think about how to alleviate it? Yeah. So I think there are a couple of things and maybe it's not going to be, well, there are so few silver bullets, so it's not a silver bullet. But I think in order to, I think there are two, two big things that they can do around their confidence. Number one is to play from their own set of strengths. So often an, an agency owner who's not a BD person will assume that they've got to do things to attract clients to their agency that feel foreign and icky to them. So don't do that stuff, but do the stuff that feels better to you. It still probably means you're going to have to get out there, but it may not, an outbound calling or an outbound uh, prospecting program just may not be for you. Something more built around thought leadership may be much, much better for a certain type of agency owner. The other thing I would say is to take a look at who they're pitching, who their ideal client is, if they even have an ideal client. I think that there's a strong corollary between confidence and clarity around who you're pitching and why they really need you. And then that gets into a whole other issue about agencies not wanting to limit themselves and their fear of missing out. But again, it becomes this business issue. Like, all right, well, you can pitch to everyone, but you're not going to be doing it as confidently because you're just not going to know that much about all the categories, all the businesses that you're pitching. And who has that many hours in the day? So when you can be, when you can narrow your focus and feel like, and feel secure in your expertise around that category, like someone who works a lot in automotive is just going to know more about automotive than they are about consumer brands, the ketchup, right? 100%. One of the things that really hit me there, and I know that, and I've spent the past couple of years even exploring this personally myself in uh, my own business and the way that I even look at things and not specifically when it comes to sales, but I think that it actually, as you pointed out, does directly fit into sales. And I think that it causes a lot of that sort of icky feeling mm -hmm. that a lot of people feel when it comes to sales is because they're trying to be something that they're not. Right. And when you're trying to pretend to be someone else, there's so many things that go wrong from that. You right. not feeling being true to yourself. It gives you that, that icky feeling. You're not feeling confident because you're not being true to yourself, mm -hmm. but there's so much that ends up coming from that too, is that you don't even want to do that either. You may think that that's the easiest and quickest course for you to be able to actually sell that particular client. But realistically speaking, you're not bringing in your ideal client, your soulmate client, the person you actually want to work with. And quite frankly, I know personally for myself that anytime that I have gone away from actually focusing on who is who I am, the truest version of myself is the one I have fallen hardest <laughs> and hit myself in the face the, the, the most intensely is when I've done that. It doesn't work out for you. Yeah. It's not the best course of action. And 
really causes a lot of pain for yourself. Yeah, it's happened to me too. And, and hopefully it's not happened to you not that much. It's only happened to me a couple of times. And you know, I'm thinking even once last early last year, and it was, you know, we both actually realized early on that we weren't right for each other. And we came up with a, a very amicable agreement. But I actually give the agency a lot of credit because they were the ones that, you know, they ended it early. But I, but I, I do remember from the very first initial call. They were so gung-ho and it was exciting for me, but there was also part of me that thought they're just, they're just not my ideal client. And lo and behold, a month into our 12-month assignment and we we were party ways. <laughs> so be careful because I think what I, yeah, it's, you're going to, you're going to spend less time pitching and less time also managing a difficult client as well. Unfortunately, yes, as you pointed out, I haven't had that happen a whole lot of times. I was also sort of thinking about even just personally how that has sort of impacted my life outside of sales, outside of client relationships, and just being the truest version of yourself across your entire life is the easiest, fastest, and best course to happiness overall yeah. is where I was sort of also pulling from. Yeah. Jody, I know that you're offering a free guide to our listeners. It would be great if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about what's included in the guide and why they would be interested in it. Yeah. So, you know, we, and it's, it's, you can find it directly on my website at www.thesuttercompany.com. It's a, it's a, a simple pitch or pass guide. So we were talking a lot about the chaos, how business development can feel so chaotic and unhinged. And a lot of that is due to making poor decisions or non-strategic decisions, or maybe no critical decisions about who you're going to pitch. So I think the other thing that can help with confidence is removing some of the emotion from those decisions. And you can remove emotion by having a sort of a clear checklist that it's not like you're, it's not as much as your gut, it's more like looking at that data. So this is a pitch or pass checklist. Uh, you can score the prospects that are interested in having you uh, pitch their business based on, I think it's about 12 or 13 different criteria. And it'll give you a fairly emotionless score at the end that you can take a look at and see if that helps you decide whether it's the right client to pursue or not. Sounds like a super useful guide and process, 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 allowing for you to have a framework on how you look at every piece of every aspect of your business, not just sales. So sounds really valuable and you should definitely check it out. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jody. It's been a phenomenal chat. I've really enjoyed thank it. Thank you, Robert. Me too. Once again, thank you so much for carving out the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. Now, chances are, if you're an agency owner listening to this podcast right now, then you may be feeling like this. Because I was finding myself constantly overworked within our business, um, constantly like too busy with fulfillment or too busy with uh, customer service needs. So I didn't have the time to go think about how am I going to close this person or what I'm going to say to this person or what am I going to do with this or what's the next strategy I need to do. Now, of course, this podcast is here to help you with a lot of things, but at one episode per week, it's going to take a while for us to share everything you need specifically for your situation. So if you're really serious about committing to fixing the problems in your agency now, so you can build a truly profitable business and get your life back, then I want to invite you to apply for the agency accelerator program. 
I'm not so stressed during calls thinking, oh my gosh, I got, I got to sell, I got to sell, I got to sell because if I don't sell, I don't make our I don't make our numbers, you know, and if I don't make our numbers, I can't pay our people. If I can't pay our people, then our business is down. This program is designed to help creative agency owners get to 1 million in revenue per year in 12 months or less. I char typically charge one client a $3,000, anywhere from 2000 to 3000 Now I'm uh, moving towards only 5000 and up. And my latest client that I closed is a $10,000 client on a monthly retainer. We only accept about 20% of the agencies that apply to this program because we want to make sure that we only work with people who will commit the time, energy, and resources required to take what they learn in the program and use it to create an agency of their dreams. You've taught me and you've taught us how to build this within our company that if X happens, this happens, boom, 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 boom. Like it's so systematic that it's gonna work for itself. That has given me the sense of like, oh, I know what the heck I'm talking about. I know what I'm good at. I know that I can deliver upon what I want to deliver. And it, yeah, I gained hell of a lot of confidence for sure. So if that's you, then I want to invite you to apply today. Just hit the link in the show notes to apply for the Agency Accelerator program or go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash apply. Thanks, and I'll see you inside the program. Mm-hmm.